What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of What the GG. I'm your host, Nick Stevenson, aka Anthro Metal. And again, I have joining me. Uh, Allie Sweetman, aka Allie Cat. Yay, we back. I'm sorry, I'm uh, if I sound a little blah. I didn't I didn't get enough sleep last night, honestly. <laughs> um, but Oh, what even is sleep? Oh, in this life, nothing. Like it's, it's. Honestly, I've gotten to the point where I have to take melatonin every night just to get to sleep, and so it's. Otherwise, I just I can't. My brain is too active, and then I also like if my brain is too active, then I'm like, oh, I'll look at my phone until I get tired, and then I don't get tired because I'm looking at my phone, and just, yeah. Like I even I talked with my therapist about it, and was just like, yep, that uh, that's a thing. <laughs> so. Anywho, what's up? How you been? What what are the uh God when when did we record last? Like the two weeks ago? Last week? Uh I don't even know. <laughs> Ooh, can you tell this is sporadic? No, I'm kidding. Um So am- much has happened since yeah. then that it So I just Anyway, so so much has happened. What's been going on? How's life been? Good. I went uh camping for the yeah, long weekend. That? amazing can't wait to go back where'd you end up going uh we went to a place called hindi state park hindi state i've never even heard of it pardon me yeah it's a small uh state park about two and a half hours north of san francisco Mm -hmm. and it was really nice um we had a fire pit with a girl gate over it. Uh, it came with a picnic table. And we had a large battery, and he brought his speaker. So we jammed out to some tunes. We cooked <laughs> nice. a steak on the open fire. It was um, so tasty. Uh, what else did we do? I made breakfast on the fire i did breakfast tacos which was super tasty nice um Um, and then i have this gigantic tent for eight people and uh we have lots of lights so basically (laughs) was this camping or glamping okay so here's the thing i differentiate camping from uh um camping and glamping based on did you set up your site or did someone else so Uh, glamping to me is like where you pay like a thousand dollars to go spend two nights in the woods at what looks like a a hotel in a tent yeah Yeah. um so i'm a very comfortable camper like i'm a bougie camper (laughs) but i wouldn't call it glamp but i wouldn't call it glamping because we we own all our own gear we set up our thing it's just we do, we want to camp between Burning Man and other festivals and camping in general. We do it enough that it makes sense for us to be comfortable. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I'll tell you, um, whenever, because my family used to go camping a lot when we were growing up. Um, like, especially when I was like in Cub Scouts, we would, my parents would come along to the the places and be like the chaperones too. And they'd always end up bringing my siblings or, or whatnot. But um, when we, we would sometimes go just on our own, but 
the thing that kind of like revolutionized our camping experience was just air mattresses like and the ability to like have the like battery powered ones not ones you had to plug in anywhere so like it would just like i can still sleep anywhere as long as i have a sleeping bag like a night a good sleeping bag and but as soon as we got those air mattresses it was like oh this is a whole new world like it can be so comfortable now <laughs> yeah we sleep on cots with foam yeah we each have a cot we put them side by side and then we have a foam um, pad air mattresses kind of deflate over time with the with temperature changes and rolling yeah, around no, that's true that is so true oh oh so we took trixie and trixie's never been camping before Aww. and who she... is trixie by the way okay so trixie is my 12 year old boxer and she's never been camping so we put her up in the car and she just she doesn't got a lot of space you know because She's got like one seat's worth of a space. So she's, and we get there, and the whole time we're hanging out outside, she's basically whining to go inside. <laughs> so <laughs> Jay and I would go into uh, the tent, and she sleeps under a blanket. So we would put a blanket over her so she could go to sleep. And when she would start snoring and take like five minutes, we would sneak out of the tent. It was legit like putting a toddler down for a nap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, I've uh, I've never taken my dog out like that. I've I've always kind of like been wary about doing it because just because she's so small and like she still likes some of the outdoors, but she's also very like kind of I don't know. She's an indoor dog, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's cool though. I haven't been camping in so long. I I get the itch and want to go. Like I really want to get up to Enchanted Rock sometime out in Kerrville because that's been a, a fun place. Just to even go hiking. Like I don't even need, really need to go camping just to get out back in nature for a little bit. Oh man, being an Eagle Scout, it's like, well, I got this badge and then I stopped doing anything with the outdoors. So, oh man, well, that's cool. Uh, anything else going on, or do you do anything else over the past little bit? Um, I went and had drinks with someone I hadn't had drinks with in a very long time. Oh, we worked together, and we're both very strong, opinionated women, and both very guarded. And people who are guarded typically don't flock to other people who are guarded. It's just, just kind of how that works. <laughs> Hence the drinks. Uh, well, <laughs> we, we both have two really good friends that are, are both of our good friends, but there's no like crossover. Mm -hmm. We met up at Pack South and then we decided, decided to get drink. We had dinner and drinks and it was really great. We went to this one place and our server gave us two free shots and the shots just wrecked us. So I got oh I was so wasted last night. Like I had not been that drunk in, a, in a, quite a while. And like the night got fuzzy. <laughs> and, got a good brown out there. <laughs> yeah. It was murky. <laughs> like looking through dirty water. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've just been like struggling with this hangover today. I was really glad I was supposed to also go meet a friend for drinks. Well, that's today. After this. <laughs> so wait. <laughs> and I'm so glad I canceled. Oh wow, great. <laughs> that's awesome. I I just ever since I turned, I really want to say it's like turned 30. I don't really go out that much anymore. Like especially in this industry, everybody always wants to go out and drink a bunch. And I guess it's you know putting a bunch of nerds in the same place, especially like conventions and stuff. It's like tradition to people to go get just shit faced, but Man, I'm over that. I my when my when your hangovers start to last multiple days, it's it's time to be like, let's let's uh let's slow down. <laughs> also, why 
I think people struggle really, really, really hard with um, the idea of doing something that doesn't involve drinking. I don't know, like, why that's kind of, like, why can't we do something else? Like, Yeah, no, I get that. Like, it has to be a part of it. Oh, so actually, in Oakland, they opened up a non-alcoholic bar. It doesn't serve alcohol. It's Yeah, it's exactly that. How is that a bar? Isn't that just, like, a restaurant? Uh, they don't serve food, I believe. So it's just like uh, a social space, basically, or, or a Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like you would be so like, confused. let's go. What do they serve? Is it all? Do they just serve like virgin drinks, like virgin daiquiris and stuff, or like non-alcoholic beer? Up, or, that's weird. That's a very San Francisco thing to do. We wait with bated breath. Yeah, so um, basically it's called Busies, and it will operate from 6 p.m. to midnight, Thursday through Monday, and it'll it's basically in a coffee shop. Um, ah, I was right. <laughs> so, so it's during the day, it's, it's a place called Black Spring Coffee, and then at night it, turns, it transforms. Um, Does it, though? I haven't been yet. I'm, I am going to check it out. I will have cool. to. Yeah, report back. Yes. Because I'm, um, I'm like, what? Is, what? <laughs> it's actually not too far from my place. I think it's like walking distance from my where I live. Oh, cool. And yeah. And I, I like the concept because, you know, it's cool. We can go hang out someplace. <laughs> yeah, it's one mile from my mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Don't die. I'm all right. I think the reason, like, I like bars in general is the spaces are usually very creative. I discovered a bar that I want to go to in Oakland called Bar uh, Shiru. Probably saying it wrong. Uh, And it's a vinyl Japanese whiskey and wine bar. Okay. Well, theme bars are cool, but, I mean, you lived in Texas. You know how most bars are here. It's like they barely have themes. They're just really excuses for people to go out. Like, yeah. The, so the theme is not super strong. I would say it's the the biggest like. It's focused on Japanese whiskey and wine, mm-hmm. two things I love. And then also, I'm not a big music person, but I do love the idea of going to a bar and everyone in the bar listening to music on vinyl. To me, that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah. It, you know, it's, that's really chill. Have very fucking hipster, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, how very San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I... That's that's really cool though. No, I I wish there was. I mean, there's probably more places like that here. But again, for to me, I'm like I I guess I'm just pretty reserved person. Uh, or I'm also like I like video games and staying in. So I just like you know <laughs> watch or doing whatever. Just uh-huh. uh, being. Uh, hmm? The Alamo Draft House inside the 410 Loop. Um, I do. A... I do love the Draft House. I need to go see a movie. I've been. I I haven't seen a movie in so long, and Draft House is like my preferred experience. I don't know. What, uh, really, I actually hate Alamo Draft House. Oh we have one God, of them in San Francisco. It. I love I, Draft House. It's, I, it's, it's my preferred movie experience. Like the last time I saw a movie not in a Draft House was like it was miserable. It was also not a great movie, but it was still just. 
So my favorite movie experience is actually, it ties for two. One would be the um, Santico's movie theater over on Calabra, outside the 1604 loop. Not sure if I know that one. I I mean, it sounds, I know what it is, but I don't know what the name of it is. Yeah, I can't remember. I know the Palladium's the one off of 10. The Palladium's nice too. Um, But the Santico's Movie Theater group is pretty great. And then also Studio Movie Grill, which is not really very many, there's not very many locations for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what I grew up in Dallas. Uh And that one is the experience where where they serve you just like Alamo Draft House, but the seats are way more comfortable. It's less dingy. Have you been to a draft house? Well, have you been to a draft house since they updated them? I went to a draft house last year. Did it still have the cabaret seating or did it have like the table? Uh, And by cabaret, it had like like, the bar. Okay, yeah. So that's the old style. So uh, all the ones here have been updated to where there's, and they took that bar out and instead put a table um, in between every two seats. So there's like, you know, one seat. Uh, then a table, and then two seats, and then another table. And so, like, the table is wide enough for you to, uh, what's it called, like, you know, put whatever you want on it, or and, uh, the, they updated the chairs, and they're all nicer now. I, it's just, I just like the, the Alamo experience because they make it such a point to say, like, you know, no talking and all that stuff. or And the special events they have are really cool, so, like, I remember when uh, Blade Runner 2049 was coming out. Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies. And they showed the the final cut in 4K at some of the draft houses. Just like, you know, a, a couple nights showing. And getting to see that again, like, you know, on the big screen. Because, you know, I, was, I wasn't even born when it came out originally. So it's uh, it was really cool to be able to have the theater experience and seeing that movie. Gotcha. I went and saw um, Howl's Moving Castle in the movie theater. In a movie theater. Oh, that was nice. God. I had not. I had, I, and that was my first time seeing it. Yeah, I've never seen a uh, Studio Ghibli movie. I and it it pains me because I every time I want to go see one, but they're always either like overly expensive at the store, or I think they're available on digital now, but I can't remember who so has them digitally. So they're coming to Netflix, I believe. That's what I, 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 I couldn't remember if it was Netflix or like Prime Video or something like that. Some of them are, some of them are in Prime. Um, so the one, the first one I watched, I've only seen two, was the Grave of the Firefly. Oh my God, that movie. Like I, I know all about it and I like, <laughs> just knowing the premise of it is like, Oh God, do you want to have a bad day? It was the very first, I like tweeted out. I was like, I've never seen a Studio Ghibli Ghibli movie. And, you know, I'm going to watch my first one is um, Grave (laughs) of the Fireflies. And the responses were just like, no, that's the worst. Don't do it. You're going to cry so hard. Um, And it was pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, it's, Uh, uh, it's very sad. Um, You want to explain the premise? Yeah, so it's about the basically um, after the U.S. bombed Japan at the end of World War II, yeah, and the premise is their parents die, and this brother and who's probably like thirteen 
and younger sibling who's like between six and eight become orphans and they go to live, they get bounced around and then they end up at this one person's house where they're really awful and they go through like a, a series of not great situations and they're small children and yeah, everybody all as a result is really of the atomic bombs being dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. And so they are forced to kind of live in this small hobble in the side of the road. It's like under the road by a river. Mm-hmm. It's like a small cave, more of a hobble. And, you know, the boy facet- fashions um, a kind of a door and fire. And he goes along by stealing certain things. Like he stole from a garden so he could plant more things. And when his little sister was dying, was very sick and was dying, he stole from somebody to feed her. And then that guy chased him and beat the crap out of him and then took the food back. And the little girl was literally just, you know, she died. And the whole thing about Grave of the Fireflies, in the beginning of the movie, there's like this scene where it looks like fireflies. It's not fireflies. Right. It's it's the embers. Yes. Ashes and embers from the bombing but the kids are like oh look at the fireflies and it's just oh i'm getting chills just thinking of it it was such an intense great movie it's a gorgeous movie but is so emotionally draining it just really shows that human aspect of stuff that you know that that war brings (laughs) um but yeah um i really really want to see some what's up the other the other aspect is that the little girl, they he cremates the the older brother cremates her because oh, okay. he, you know can't bury her. Yeah. So the fireflies. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. What 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 a topic. What's it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the end of this week's podcast. Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> I hope you all have a great day. No. Um. Yeah. I. Studio Ghibli always just has such a cool look to movies. Like they're so iconic. I just I really need to 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 get on watching them. Um didn't wait. Disney I think bought the publishing rights to those or something like that. So they might be coming so, to Disney Plus or something. My understanding is that they've always been a part of Disney or Disney got them a long time ago. Yeah, something like they're distributed by Disney uh, in Japan, if I'm not mistaken. So every What's interesting about Disney is that, and Japan in general, is that when things cross over, um, it's usually like a separate entity in Japan. So yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot of Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah, there's. I know the like the more famous ones, Princess Mononoke. I think I, my brother was watching that at one point when I was younger, and uh, my neighbor, my neighbor Totoro, Totoro. yeah. Yeah, it it's I yeah I need to see them. <laughs> House House Moving Castle was pretty great. I liked yeah. it. Um, there's also like some newer ones. Um, I know Kiki's that delivery um, service too. I know Miyazaki. I think that's his name. Has like retired and then come out of retirement several times to to watch those. I still need to go see. I know it's not a Ghibli movie, but uh, the the movie Your Name, which came out a couple years ago, I think. Oh my gosh! And okay, I've heard so, such good things about that one. I don't want to know too much about it because all I've seen is the trailer. And I'm like, I'm sold. So it is so good. 
and I had a group of friends over before we moved into the place we're in now. And I made um, uh, pork tonkatsu ramen from scratch. Oh, nice. And we played a couple of board games, and then we settled in to watch this movie. And of course, like, I'm up and down because I want to clean a little bit while the movie's on. And I caught all of the parts of the movie, but at the end of the movie, it was the first time I didn't cry in a movie where everyone else cried. And it's because it didn't hit me the same way since I was up and down. But we turn on the lights at the end and I look around and literally everyone's crying. All of the dudes, chicks, everybody. (laughs) And I was just like, what are y'all crying for? And they're like, you should have just sat down and stayed sat down. (laughs) There's a sequel to it, apparently. Really? Hmm. Yes. uh, Um... That's a solid pregnant pause there. Everybody's going to be like, wait, what? I, <laughs> I was trying to like look at the name. So another person just told, told me the other day. but That's cool. So I definitely need to see the first one then. <laughs> but um, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely need to make plans to, to go to the movies. I've actually, uh, there's a couple of concerts coming up that I really want to go see. Um, so Megadeth is touring um, for the first time since Dave Mustaine had, I think he had throat cancer, had throat surgery, one of the two. Um, so he's finally back and able to tour, uh, tour well. So um, they're touring. They're going to be in Austin, I think, on in July. So I'm, hopefully I'm going to go up there, just get some general admin tickets. I'm not looking to... I'm in my 30s. I can't be getting in the pit anymore. So... Uh, but they're coming in with some other really notable metal bands like uh, Lamb of God, In Flames, and Trivium. I've seen Trivium before, but I haven't seen any of the I've other I've met three the lead singer. Of Megadeth or Trivium? Trivium. Yeah, Matt Heafy, because he streams all the time. Yeah. He's awesome. Like, he's such a... Yeah, I met him in the... I met him a few times. Cool. That's really cool. I, I kind of idolized him growing up, because he wasn't that much older than me. Uh, it's really interesting... Um... John Holland, executive, he's not at Twitch anymore. He retired, um, at least for Twitch. And for now, I mean, he was part of, he was like employee number 12 of Twitch or some nonsense oh, like geez. that. But uh, the Matt is one of his idols. And then they met, you know, through work at Twitch. And Matt and John are like BFFs. There's a clip. So cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's a clip where they're hanging out together. And John sings on Match Channel, like like screams, scream singing. I don't know if there's like a technical term for screaming. I mean, it's singing. a type of singing. It's screaming, but there's, yeah, that's kind of what I do. So holy <laughs> shit, John's actually really good. Awesome, it was kind of yeah. insane. Yeah, but yeah, I went to a few months ago. Well, before Burning Man, I went to a Coheed and Cambria concert. Hell yeah. And I love Coheed and Cambria, and it was uh, Mastodon was there. Oh, and oh, yeah, Mastodon's dope. It was that tour. It was a great, great thing. Um, and I wanted to get closer during Coheed and Cambria, and I was with a big, big dude. He's a coworker, and he, I stood on the other side of him, and the pit was just like there wasn't really an official area for the pit, but it, it was never also is. you'll love you'll love this location. It was inside a Mason's temple. That's awesome. Yes. A Freemason's temple. That's yes. That's um, that's, so that's very was, a Mastodon Coheed thing to do. Um, but it was so nuts 
one guy broke his leg another person got knocked unconscious like people were it was it was I was like yeah I'm never never doing that again like I have no desire to like die by accident because I want to push people around the the best pits are like this this is why uh, like I mean I'm super tuned into metal like and plenty of metal concerts and like the best pits aren't the ones that I mean yeah you get in there you unleash some some of your rage, but you're never throwing punches. You're just like pushing each other and like shoulder blocking each other. Somebody gets down, you help them up. Like it's the, I have problems when uh, it, it started uh, really with hardcore shows. I want to say where people were doing a thing called pit dancing and where they're basically just flailing and like punching each other and stuff. And I don't, I don't like that. Like that to me, that's not what the pit is about. So, but Anyways, I'm too old for that now. I stay out of it, and I just sit back and appreciate the music. But but yeah, they're coming in July, and then Slipknot is coming through on, in June, and I still haven't got to see them live, so uh, hopefully I can get to see them. And They're actually in the same location in Austin, so uh, both concerts are in the same amphitheater. So hopefully uh, I can grab some tickets for those and go see them. I'm trying to get some other uh, peeps to go with me, but... Uh, or just at least be like, hey, there's a thing here. It'd be cool if somebody else showed up. But if not, that's cool. I'm just, I, I'm excited to finally see some some more music because I haven't been to that in a while. But um, outside of that, uh, I've been slowly upgrading my computer. Um, I a couple weeks ago, or yeah, a couple weeks ago, I um, I swapped out PC cases. I streamed that and. Moved everything from a tower, a mid-tower setup to what's basically kind of like a box. It's called the uh, Half XP Evo is the case if you wanted to look that up. Or if anybody out there wants to look it up, you can. Um, It's an older one, but it's a really kind of unique looking case. Um, I'm slowly putting RGB stuff into it because I'm that guy. And uh, last last week I got some more, or I got some new RAM and installed that. That was a highlight. (laughs) Um, And then... After the after I'm able to afford, I'll get some more RAM, get a new intercooler and other stuff that'll be all shiny and and you know colory because yes. <laughs> um, outside of that, uh oh, uh, just paying attention to to news cycle stuff and writing for writing that stuff up. Um, I was pretty upset with the Dice Awards because those were last week. I want to say. And mm-hmm. while they're generally good, because the Dice Awards are like, I think it's um, Design, Innovate, Create, Explore, or something like that. And it's it's basically all game devs. And they mm-hmm. it's their peers that give out all the awards. But they gave Game of the Year to Untitled Goose Game. And now I'm not knocking Untitled Goose Game for, for I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just don't think it's Game of the Year. Like, there were so many other cool things that came out last year. Outer Wilds like being one of them. Games, I, need, I feel like simple indie games need its own category. Well, and that's what DICE usually awards, though. DICE usually is really good about awarding those those type of things to those games because it's all peer-reviewed, right? So they're not always they're not blinded by hype. They're not blinded by internet uh, you know, culture or what the mainstream usually feels. So like Oh, I mean, last year being as weird as it was for game releases, I like, I just, uh, I think the Untitled Goose Game also won awards for independent game and stuff like that. And 
Outer Wilds didn't win anything, and it really kind of bummed me out because that was definitely my favorite game from last year. And I'm just I I will champion that game as much as I can. I, I hope more people play it because it is fantastic, and I really Outer really Wilds liked it. won role playing game of the year though. That's Outer Worlds, not oh. Outer Wilds. So oh and, okay okay yeah 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 that was a problem. <laughs> The uh, Outer Wilds had been in development. It was actually a student project started at the, I want to say Berkeley, maybe it was Caltech. I, no, I want to say it was it was, or maybe it was USC. I don't know. One of those California schools. Uh, someone in the comments, let me know. <laughs> it uh, but it started there. They and it, they've been working on for like seven years. They actually had that name before the Outer Worlds was uh had been announced and revealed and everything. So. Anyways, that's that's a rant on another level about that stuff. I'm I will just play Outer Wilds, y'all. Play Untitled Goose Game too. It's great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's good two hours of just giggling as you're a rambunctious goose like terrorizing a town. But um, but yeah. So I other than that, just uh, been kind of low key over here. I finally got a pin board put up in my apartment where it uh like. All the pins I've been collecting. I know I have a bag of pins somewhere I'm missing. So I mean like these are like packs, push pins, stuff like that. Stuff I got from like all the conferences, TwitchCon and Re and stuff. Um but yeah, that's uh if you wanted to see more of that, you can check that out over on my Twitter at twitter.com slash anthrometal or anywhere else anthrometal, you can find that there. Um you wanted to catch up with Alley Cat, you can follow her over at Alley Cat stuff, right? Uh, everywhere. <laughs> A-L-Y-K-K-H-T. Yeah, that. Do that. <laughs> so that actually brings us to our next uh, segment here. So Ali wanted to talk a, a little bit about uh, charity stuff. I don't know how to segue this. I Help me. I'm, struck, I'm floundering over here. <laughs> so in, in general, like, Everyone knows that, or if you don't know, listen to our first episode, that Galleon Gamers is a charity-focused community and really focused on charity fundraising. And I think um, we could, I think it would be good to just kind of go over some, like, interesting myths, best practices, thoughts on some general things, like being paid to fundraise for a nonprofit and things like that. Yep, definitely. So... That is definitely your area. I mean, that's literally your area of profession. So uh, I will let you take the lead on this. And in fact, um, I got to grab some water real quick. So so go ahead and I will be right back. All righty. Get ready to listen to me talk a wall of, of things. <laughs> so charity streaming in general, I suggest you look up some resources on streaming. This won't, don't want to go over like how to stream. Um, mainly because that's something that you should already have in your tool belt and you should be capable of when looking to do charity streaming. Um, after you figure out who you want to support, um, make sure it's somebody you're going to be excited about. If you're not excited about the organization, you're really, really unlikely to be successful in your fundraising, unfortunately. But it just, community is really like, the power of streaming is about that connectivity and interaction. You know, take some time, get to know um, the nonprofit, the programs that excite you. Just be able to give a elevator pitch or tell a friend why you chose the nonprofit pretty quickly. 
think of it this way if you're like 360 no scoping and talking to chat and dealing with alerts and all of the other things that you do just on a regular stream you want to have some bite-sized information to share with your community and then be able to mix with all of that it's still 360 no scoping oh i'm back hi welcome back hey i got some water now i can talk and not die i got tea before we started yeah um, i finished my other drink anyways <laughs> so this one anthem metal and i'm i'm like talking straight at you you know for no reason but mm -hmm. uh I cannot stress this enough, and it might go on a slight tangent here. You need to use an appropriate and legal fundraising solution. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don't um, fall for those. There's so many that like try and set themselves up, but it's, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> so what I I'm not don't I get scammed with with I'm not a lawyer. Um, so this is not legal advice, um, but people don't really think about it. They're just like, oh, I'm doing this really good and exciting thing. And they'll collect the money themselves. And that's illegal. Yeah. And it's, re it's really interesting because the laws of the world have not caught up to the internet yet. No. And <laughs> the internet moves way faster than they could possibly pass a law. And with nonprofit laws, depending on where you're at, like where you live, um, your state has specific laws in addition to the federal level. And some countries also require you to only collect money within a certain boundary. Like there are some nonprofits, there's one that comes to mind that people wanted to fundraise for but couldn't during the Australia fires because they're not allowed to accept money from outside of Australia, the way their organization is set up. Yeah. And so, um, can I also go we, on a slight uh, tangent? <laughs> yes. So, um, just, this just quick, um, stop putting donation in your, like you, you, if you are just a streamer, you can't, you don't accept donations. Like you accept tips because donation is like, uh, I think legally defined by the IRS has to go to a nonprofit or something like that, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, if it's not, uh, unless you are a nonprofit charity, it's not a donation, it's a tip. So it's just, uh, whenever I see somebody with donations up, I'm like, oh, stop. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. The other, the other slight tangent to add to that is when people are doing their fundraising for something that's not for charity, like say they're doing a special stream to get a new computer part or save for a trip or whatever, and they're like, charity stream. It's not a charity stream. Sit down. Shush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fundraising stream. You're absolutely fundraising, but it's not a charity fundraising stream. And I think the reason it's important to distinguish these things is people hear the word charity and they feel a certain way about it. And yeah. they feel compelled. And also, using proper language will allow yourself to be protected from people accusing you of fraud. Yep. Um, another interesting aspect is that people are like, but I don't want the fundraising platform that this charity uses to take a fee. And this one always baffles me. Nothing is for free. Nothing. And uh, yeah. if a charity has signed up for a platform, they have accepted the cost and they choose to have that expense. And 
I'm always amazed by, well, this one's 100% free and they don't charge the charity any, any fees. And I'm like, cool, but do you know what they're doing with your data? Right. Yeah. And it, if you don't care about your data, that's fine. But also you're asking people to donate and give up their data in a way too. That's, and that, this is more of like a personal preference. So when thinking about it and everyone's just like, oh, but you know, we're all on the internet. You can still have good, uh, Jay likes to use the term data hygiene. That's a good, that's a good phrase. I like that phrase. Yeah. That is, that's, and, the, uh, that's the phrase of the, of the, the podcast. So Everybody start using that data hygiene data. Why did I say it like that? Data hygiene. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm okay. Now uh, I'm just thinking about how the Android from Star Trek cleans himself. Is he an Android? No, he's just a, a robot, right? Uh, CP3. What? I said Star Trek. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's you never mind. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> Never mind, never mind, never mind. Data hygiene. Anyways, yeah. Clean your data. Keep it fresh yeah, and so it, clean. So there's there's secure ways, and for particularly for slight data um, tangent here, particularly um, for people in the performance industry, you do share lots of information about yourself, but there are steps you can take to protect yourself from stalkers and other people that wish harm on you. So definitely look into those types of things and be be very mindful. Um, personally, um, we at Gallant Gamers only use Tiltify as our fundraising mechanism. Yep. And the reason being is they have the most robust set of tools for streamers, but also they're really transparent with the charities they work with, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and I, we've been using them since our inception and I've been using Tiltify since basically it started. I want, I I really want to say they're probably the most widespread, um, you know, just as far as from what I've seen, but, uh, I don't know, you know, you're the expert. So they, they definitely seem to have, like you said, they're the most transparent, most robust. They're, they're everywhere. Like, uh, they're always at TwitchCon. They're always at, uh, most of the other trade shows, like just hey if you're interested they definitely have a presence yeah like their staff um and they really understand the streaming industry the other fundraising platforms um that are starting to break into it it's definitely money motivated um but i mean everything is money motivated but they don't understand the space they're not from this space right they weren't designed they're traditional crowdfunding websites that are making tools and when they build these tools, they're thinking about what the charities need. And one thing I really love about Tiltify is that streamer is first in the mind when they develop products. Yeah. So. And I guess that kind of brings me to this thing. There's, um, if you're, I guess the really the big last point I have is if you get paid to do a charity stream, it's an ad or sponsored and you need to disclose it. Yeah. That, if I mean, you don't feel, yeah. I mean, if you're doing a charity stream and you don't feel comfortable disclosing that you were paid to do it, you that's, shouldn't accept the money. Yeah, that's baffling to me that you wouldn't be. I don't know, like, like you would, you wouldn't. Why would you agree to something if you're not comfortable doing it? 
you know, I mean, I understand the the kind of logic, I guess, the the workaround to like maybe this will get me higher in in the I don't know the internet leaderboard, but like get more viewership or something out of it. But still, it's it's one of those where you know protect yourself at first and do your research. Don't just accept offers blindly. Yeah, and I, I, I get it. Like, this is an industry where your paycheck is not guaranteed, so you want to make as much money as possible. However, it's also not great to the people that are watching you for you not to disclose, hey, I'm being paid to do this. And you should disclose, particularly for a charity stream, who's paying you. Um, is, yeah. a third, is a for-profit third-party company paying you, like a brand like Gillette or... Johnson and Johnson or Old Spice, you know, r- insert random brand name here. You know, just close that. Yeah, well, if, you're essentially like a rep anything. of that company whenever you uh, do something like that. Yeah. Um, if you are being paid by the fundraising platform, you should really ask, is the charity on board? And you should ask no matter who's paying you to do it. Um, because the charity may be against somebody paying somebody else on their behalf without being in the loop. And if the charity's not in the loop, you should really question the motivations and thoughts and how that works out. Right. So all fantastic um, points. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people will instantly take everything I just said about getting paid and be like, there's nothing wrong with getting paid to do a charity event. So I have yeah. an opinion my first opinion is that the average streamer does not need to be paid. Hang on. You said you have is, a opinion, not multiple. Yes. This is an expansion <laughs> of that. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, the average streamer does not need to be paid. It is basic crowdfunding. The amount of work and effort you go into it is by your choice. Mm-hmm. And that sounds not, that might sound super shitty, but like people, charities don't pay people to do the run walks or right most charity work is all is volunteer based it's it's there most charities i know of really they their staff of people uh, the ones that aren't volunteer are like a handful at most i mean it's you you do have some of them that are like the large national charities like like uh um oh my god red cross I, i was could not think of their name for some reason you know that are very that that have a much bigger um what's it called um yeah <laughs> that that are you know, know much, a about. much bigger they, it's a much bigger um organization and but but from the ma- majority of charities like if they they don't have a lot of paid workers um yeah and a lot of charities also don't break the 1 million mark in annual fundraising, I think there's like 1.4 million nonprofits in the U.S., and not very many of those break the 1 million mark. Yeah. So, um, it's just a really interesting concept. I definitely, if you're doing something that's out of normal crowdfunding, which is like putting up a link and asking other people to donate, like if you're putting on a big IRL event or you're like working with a the nonprofit or charity to get something done, it totally makes sense to get paid if you're doing something unique. And the charity charities will see that value and they will pay for it. But 
just being like, oh, I'm going to do a charity stream for you. You should pay me is kind of crappy, in my opinion. Really kind of immoral when you think about it. Like, I understand people will do it, but I, yeah, I don't agree with it at all. uh, You don't, you shouldn't be looking to get paid to do charity work in my opinion. So um like it, I understand if you get approached to do it by a charity and being on the same page with that charity but as far as like you being like I don't know, I guess targeting charities to try like that's to, to get paid for for doing that stuff like it should come out of the goodness of your heart to to want to raise money for something not to just either jump on the bandwagon or think that it's your source of income. Yeah, it's, and the thing is, is that most, a lot of the people who want to get paid really don't have the following. So it makes sense to pay somebody of celebrity status. Right. Because you're, the bigger celebrity you are, I've noticed that people tend to do less charity related things because there's a lot of ask for it. And so you have to really be picky and choosy the higher up you go. So it makes sense. Well, yeah, time is way more a... valuable for, I mean, let's, let's be honest, the more, the bigger following you have, your time is going to be more valuable, not only to you, but to, you know, to, to whoever you get, you know, sponsored or branded with. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, if, if you have gotten paid to do a charity stream, that's, that's cool. Just, you know, you should disclose that and. Yeah. Um, now, we're not saying that it's bad to get paid to do charity stuff. We're just saying that it's the, the responsibility behind it that, uh, that, that in lies that, you know, disclose if that is something you've done. And if you are going to do that, make sure you do your research and, you know, do it for the greater purpose of raising of fundraising for charity. Don't do it just because you're going to get paid. So anyways, yeah. those uh those are all great points and um yeah, Allie did a really good write up um over on her Twitter. Um I think it's your pinned post, right? Of like all that stuff. So if you want to like see that in yeah. a written form or have it saved or something, that's it's a great uh great great read on that thread to to have that memorized and stuff. Um I know I reference it occasionally. I don't do as much streaming anymore, but it it definitely is one of those where yeah, it's a it's a great starting point. Yeah, I would say that um, it's people just really don't people have just weird ideas about charity. They think people who who work for charities shouldn't get paid, but you should be paid to do fundraising for them. Um, they also what's interesting is people will go pull up like tax documents and they will be like oh this charity has this percent but they don't take into other factors of like how long has the charity existed the younger a charity is the more money they need to spend on marketing and outreach and things that would be considered administrative costs and the larger you are the more you spend but that also means you help more people so people people don't scale like this thought process around charities very well for some reason Right. Sorry. Anyways, I was taking a drink of water. <laughs> but 
But anyways, if um, yeah, that's uh, it's definitely like I said, she's the expert. Listen to what Ali says. All good points. I just basically all the stuff I've learned about charity streaming has been from her. So um, it's uh, definitely take all that stuff. But if um, yeah, so uh, that is. I think we're we're basically good to go on that on the charity streaming segment. If y'all have any other questions, you can definitely reach out to to Allie through Twitter. I'm sure she's fine answering some questions on that. Um, you could also check out because you know uh, obviously all this work we, we've done through Gallant Gamers is there. You can check out the Gallant Gamers Twitter, and that one is Gallant Gamers Org, right? Yes. And then it's same on gallant underscore gamers on Instagram. Sorry, no. No, I'm no, wrong. No. I got this all backwards, Twitter. didn't I? Yes, you did. Twitter is gallant underscore gamers. Instagram is gallant gamers. Both Twitch and Mixer are gallant gamers org. See, and I had website, two out of three. Okay. <laughs> our website is gallantgamers.com. And it's been redone. It's still slightly under construction, but it looks so much better than, you know, it did previously. Shout out to um, my coworker, Turner, for, you know, agreeing Yay. to come on and volunteer to be a webmaster. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I'm hopefully, uh, and once it's up, um, we'll, I think we can, uh, I don't know how we can plug this into it, but maybe we can get the, the podcast, uh, like RSS feed posted on there somewhere. It will. It's definitely going to be on the website. Cool. And then, of course, all the other writings and stuff up there. Um, I have a couple that are are waiting to get to to get up there. I've been waiting to to post them because of the the redesign. But we'll. And I'm still working on the the 2019 in review. That one is coming along. But I didn't talk about it earlier. But man, my my full time job has been so busy the last couple of weeks, and I finally got like all my work done. And now like. I can just like early today it was just like a oh, finally like getting stuff done. But, but yeah, so I cannot wait for that. And yeah, uh do you have absolutely I, I definitely what's up? Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Definitely what? Is it just me now? Now you get an anthro song. Yeah. I may listen to metal. I'm I sound like a robot apparently. Um I I need to check my stuff. Hang on. Hang on, hang on. Um no, that's that's that. Uh hang on. Hang on everyone, sorry. We going through some stuff. We going there you through... are. Here I am. What happened to you? You were all robotic, and I. I wonder if that was, had anything to do with connection or something. Because am I still robot, or do I sound good now? Uh, you sound fine now. Okay, good. Yeah, I I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, that's uh that's great. I can't wait for the website to to get up there again and for everything to get transferred over. So everybody, please check that out. Please check out all of the the Twitter, the Instagram stuff, um, and. I just totally blanked again. Uh, check out our streams when we have those up on both Twitch and Mixer. We have the uh, the gunfight tournament coming up soon, right? 
we do on March 21st, 11 a.m. Central Time on Mixer.com slash org. And then we have a, do we have another uh, event coming up We're on Twitch? We do. Uh, it will have passed by the time this podcast is live. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, this podcast is going to be going up. Uh, our third episode is going up on the 28th. Um, and this one will be going up on the... This actually will go up after the, the gunfight tournament. So, congratulations to whoever won that. Oh, wait, really? Because March 21st? Oh, not March 21st. Gunfight. I'm dumb. I, for some reason, thought March 6th. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyways, uh, yeah, that. <laughs> I never mind. Uh, can, to, yeah. So, so good luck to everybody participating in that tournament. That's gonna be that's gonna be really cool. So, if you want to participate in that, uh, where can they go? Oh yes, um, they can go to our Twitter to see the sign up link. Twitter.com slash gallant underscore gamers. And uh, we will be tweeting out pretty regularly about how to get involved. And you can sign up until March 19th, I believe. Um, it's a $5 entry fee uh, for your team. And the entry fee goes to the, to the charity. That's a direct donation that, that they'll make. And you fill out a form, you join our tournament discord, and then you're good to go. People really love the uh, tournament on Mixer. They've been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, so thanks everybody for listening. Again, uh, my name is Nick, aka Anthrometal, and it's been a pleasure. And I'm Ali Sweetman, aka Ali Cat, and we'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye!